0: Before we get started, I have a couple of things to talk to you about. Uh, firstly, thank you for leaving us iTunes reviews to Taco Cat three three two seven, Lila Joy o4 Jordan Madeline, Catechis, Laura Mora, and Toast Mama. Reviews not only make us incredibly happy, but also help increase visibility for our podcast and help more people find us. And they're a quick and easy way for you to spread the love, so thank you so much. secondly, we want to thank our newest patrons. You are the folks that are keeping us on the air. We will never be able to thank you enough uh so to Jamila, Laura, and m a b as Jesse says, you are the wind beneath our wings. We are so grateful. And to that end, we are now only $80 away from reaching our first Patreon goal, which is so exciting and is exciting for all of our patrons too, because when we reach that goal, I am going to go back through all seven hours of content from our first episode and release a director's cut uh, version for our patrons where you will get all of the content that was wonderful but was basically so off topic that it had to go the voice of our spoiler warning sarah sarwar was like lark two and a half hours is too long for your first episode you can't do that you need to cut this stuff so yeah just 80 more dollars and we will we will be putting that together and bringing it to all of your ears so if you've been thinking about it now's a great time to join other things we have new merch in our shop including our make harry potter even gayer 2020 stickers that are a fundraiser for trans lifeline those are limited editions, so get them while they're there While you're on our website, check out the transcriptions page. That's a place where if you wish you could support us on Patreon, but that's not financially accessible to you, that's a place that you can help us out as well in exchange for Patreon content because we are looking for folks to help with transcriptions to help us be more accessible to more people. And we are so grateful to those of you who are helping us with that. It honestly is like so, so great. Last thing, we're still gathering submissions for our Queer Harry Potter reference library. So please send us your Tumblrs, your AO3 accounts, your Etsy shops, your DeviantArt accounts, your Instagram handles, anything that is queer and especially trans Harry Potter related Uh, In the case of shops, the content doesn't have to be queer, just the creator has to be queer. It can be your own or it can be someone else that you love. We're putting together a reference library on our website so that there will be a central hub for everyone to go find whatever it could possibly be that you want to find regarding Harry Potter and queerness and queer creators to support so thank you for listening to me without a laugh track from jesse i hope i didn't disappoint you and uh with that the Gailey prophet operates under the assumption that you have read the books if you haven't read the books go and read them they're wonderful and then come back to us Otherwise, you're going to be spoiled. And that's your choice in this world.
1: Gay people love con's
0: I'm dead. <laughs> we have to stop this podcast. <laughs>
1: Girl, this book causes Satanism. What is left for us to rant about? There is nothing straight about Plum Velvet.
0: <laughs> you shouldn't have been drinking when I said that. <laughs> Monocles are impractical, but hot. I don't for a second believe that she is a straight person.
1: I mean, I'm definitely here for bisexual
0: Minerva McGonagall. Let's talk about <laughs> Harry Potter! Hello and welcome to the Gaily Prophet, a humorous yet ruthless podcast where two queer IRL witches reread Harry Potter and talk about it. I am America's favorite griffin dandy, Lark Malachi Gray.
1: And I am Griffin Dyke Chardonnayre, Jesse Blount, and today we're talking about Chapter 8 of Prisoner of Azkaban, The Flight of the Fat Lady, in which it's October at Hogwarts and Harry is excited about Quidditch even if we are not. <laughs> <laughs> the semester, the semester's going crummy as divinations and chirurgical creasers are going poorly in different ways. Crookshakes once again tries to save the day like the good fluff fluff that he is, but Ron <laughs> interferes. Harry tries to get McGonagall to let him go to Hogsmeade, which, of course, she does not do. While his friends are off in the village, Harry has a nice little chat with Lupin about the Bogart and watches horrified as Lupin drinks a goth potion prepared by Snape. <laughs> After the Halloween feast, the Gryffindors discover that the Fat Lady is gone. Her porch and her portrait was fucked up by none other than Sirius Black.
0: dun dun. dun. This chapter ends on the most hardcore dun dun dun. <laughs> That we've had so far. I wrote it in my book.
1: It's so intense. It's like mic drop moment. It's like, oh, what a temper he has. And you're just like, what?
0: Yeah, it's so good. (laughs) Oh, God. But we will, uh, I have so many good things to say about peeves in this chapter. So we'll get there when we get there. We are going to start this newspaper off with today's headlines. Professor R.J. Lupin awarded first ever Professor of the Decade Award after only one month on the job. (laughs) Uh, He really is the best. Heart eyes emojis for days. Lupin (laughs) is so good.
1: Uh, I actually have on my notes that he is a very good dude and I want him as my werewolf boyfriend.
0: Totally. Yes. Mm hmm. Um so let's turn to the front page where we talk about all the things that don't belong in other sections of the newspaper. Speaking of teachers, Trelawney, her eyes filling with tears every time (laughs) she looks at (laughs) him and then So extra (laughs) I know, and then Lavender, uh, Parvati start talking to him like he's dying. I love it so. The three of them, I love them so much. It's like,
1: it's, it is very extra, but it's also really great because, especially coming from me as a kid who was definitely a like spending free period with a teacher that I, teachers that I liked kind of kid. It's like I don't know. It's just very lovely. Yeah. I just want to talk about very briefly Draco Malfoy fashion police as the only thing he can talk shit about Lupin is this clothing. Yeah. Ugh. What a little shit.
0: He really is. Ugh. He's really reaching, I feel like, in this chapter. His shoes are from two seasons ago. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Um, Ugh. I, so, but also, Malfoy, in this chapter, the moment where he makes fun of Harry for not going to Hogsmeade and he's like, what's the matter, Potter scared of the Dementors? Like, what he means is, wait, Harry's not going to Hogsmeade? Like, it's so... It's like, what? He's paying so much attention to Harry and is like grasping at straws for a way to point out that he noticed it noticed that Harry's not going to Hogsmeade Mm -hmm. and it's so weak and so transparent
1: it really it really is (laughs) like don't don't put put your crush away Malfoy you're not you're, you're not subtle my friend
0: it's so funny too because he's always shouting it so that like everyone can hear so I imagine that like the common room's are just constantly, there's like a constant low-level gossip going about Malfoy's crush on Harry.
1: Yes, there is.
0: And Malfoy would just die if he knew that everyone knew.
1: Blazer Beanie definitely chats with his Ravenclaw friends. I imagine he has Ravenclaw friends um, about Jay Crow's crush. And everyone just rolls their eyes and laughs.
0: Totally. Yes, that sounds accurate. <laughs> Uh, alright so more Fred and George are just like such tender wonderful people even if they are too noisy Uh, they are so kind to Wood in this chapter they both really go out of their way to bolster him and make him feel better
1: Especially because he's like, oh, and me, I guess. And I'm like, dude, I understand. But like, don't sell yourself so short.
0: Yeah, totally. (laughs) You know, you can be your own hype man. Technology
1: curse alert.
0: Recording has started. We have not had this many technology curse issues since like our first recording.
1: Yeah, um, Comcast can suck
0: my left one, is all I have to say <laughs> about that. Ooh, all right. <laughs> Coming in strong.
1: Uh, Anyway, Oliver Wood really needs some... Wait, is that where we were?
0: Yes. Fred and George are so nice, is yes. where we started this conversation. Wood is talking down about himself. So. Which I do have more to say about when we get to sports, but... Um yeah just yeah just here for how how incredibly kind fred and george are
1: yeah they're they are they are noisy but they're they're overall very good dudes yeah <laughs> this is molly off topic i feel like i got i feel like i'm getting a lot of flack for saying that the actors who played them were attractive and i'm like but fred and george are very crushable characters
0: fred and george are crushable characters they don't do anything for me i'm not going to i'm not gonna yuck your yum though <laughs> uh it's
1: fine <laughs> uh i guess it is me next um i feel very bad for hagrid obviously yeah but like there's a really big gulf between hippogriffs and flobberworms, and why are they even trying to keep these things alive i like don't understand
0: Yeah, you know, that is a good question, is, like, what is the point of a flabberworm?
1: Maybe they're, like, feeder creatures for other things. That's the only thing I can think of.
0: Yeah. Because they seem very large, which seems kind of gross. They do, and also weirdly incapable of taking care of themselves. (laughs) Like, aren't they, like, poking lettuce down their throats? Like, they can't eat of their own accord or something?
1: I don't know, they are definitely shoveling lettuce into them, which is real weird.
0: that is really weird so. as a as a snail owner, I will say uh invertebrates eating lettuce is very fun to watch, and they're very good at it without any help whatsoever. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> maybe this is even worse slash
1: funnier is they probably don't need help, but it's like. What else do they do for an hour?
0: Yeah. Oh, no. Flopper worms are like, stop.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. They're just like, put us back in the garden. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really just imagining them as giant earthworms, by the way.
0: Yes, but I imagine that they're green for some reason. Hmm. I think I see them more as like those like really thick green caterpillars that if you accidentally squish one just like more liquid comes out than ever should be inside a bug oh yeah <laughs> caterpillars what even
1: what even are they i mean not
0: literally i know what <laughs> don't they write are. to us we yes, know what caterpillars. we know
1: are. what caterpillars <laughs> are but like the transformation between caterpillar to butterfly is like literal magic not actually i know how science works <laughs> But still.
0: <laughs> the the biology of caveats is what's <laughs> happening right now.
1: Uh, anyway.
0: Um, <laughs> speaking of bugs, uh, this whole... Just Hermione is so proud of Crookshanks for catching a spider.
1: She is.
0: And and then i text i texted you this but like crookshanks just chewing on a spider making direct eye contact with ron (laughs) is the most (laughs) incredible thing i would bet money
1: also that Kirkshanks totally knows how ron feels about spiders which is why he's eating a spider and like dead eyeing him absolutely
0: yes 100 percent
1: cook is just the goodest boy that's all i want to say yeah
0: he really is such such a mood
1: (laughs) (sighs) so whatever they're doing in herbology with puffa pods sounds really cool because you just throw them in the dirt and they spontaneously burst into bloom that's awesome
0: yeah it is
1: also, it sounds like a funny vape product at a Michigan dispensary.
0: Yeah, it does.
1: <laughs> uh, pretty sure those. Pretty sure those are like two for fifty at my local dispensary. Anyway,
0: <clears throat> um, <laughs> this... oh, so just once again, there's. It's almost as if J.K. Rowling is attempting to like make up for the plot holes of book two in this book because the way that we get the shrieking shack mentioned here by percy is so offhand and so casual and is just there we're having a really nice trail of breadcrumbs for all of the relevant later plot points laid for us and i am here for it
1: i feel like overall even though this chapter is like 99 percent conversations that are happening like Mm -hmm. there's not really any action until literally the last two pages of this chapter Mm -hmm. it is very well written
0: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah that little that little slip-in was definitely very like well done
0: although i will say like Percy doesn't seem like the type to go to the Shrieking Shack.
1: Which actually leads to my next point, which is, is the Shrieking Shack like a makeout point?
0: That was actually a question that I had to.
1: Because, <laughs> <laughs> right, there is really no reason why Percy's like would think it would be interesting to go there unless he went there with Penelope to make out.
0: But if like lots of people go there to make out, I feel like Percy and Penelope wouldn't go there to make out. They're like pretty private people. That's true.
1: Maybe he like he he is into the uh, historical significance, as Hermione wanted to point out. Yeah, could be. I don't know. Maybe it's like
0: architecturally cool. I don't know. Maybe he maybe him and Penelope go and she like dares him to do things like break a window or like go in the house, and then whether or not he does it determines whether he's been a good boy or a bad boy later. <laughs> uh i love it i love it it so much okay so what's next
1: um harry is so moody in this chapter (laughs) Yeah, which i think is understandable once again i want to point out that it's like i still find it a little weird that like Harry doesn't think about his parents. I mean, maybe it's probably for the best he doesn't think about his parents dying on Halloween. That's actually beside the point. I do want to say, though, is that, like, Harry getting, like, defensive about McGonagall, like, thinking that she's pitying him. I'm like, dude, McGonagall cares for your safety. (laughs) She doesn't want you to, what she thinks is going to happen is get you murdered by Sirius Black.
0: Yeah. But was it the last chapter? We talked recently about him sort of not knowing how to handle it when people are concerned about him. That's true. So maybe this defensiveness is born of his discomfort at being cared for in that way.
1: Right. Or people like showing that they care for him slash. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
1: No, that makes sense.
0: Uh, so going from something meaningful to something completely silly, uh, who organizes the synchronized ghosting?
1: Oh my god.
0: I I mean, obviously Nearly Headless Nick, we've determined, is queer. I assume that he is the art director of the ghosts.
1: Yes. He he is the art director and probably the fat friar is enthusiastic is like enthusiastically rallying all of the rest of the ghosts.
0: Absolutely is the assistant director. Yes. Yes. and i just yeah it's once you think about the fact that they have to practice this becomes adorable (laughs) it's uh it's good and i wish that i could just watch their rehearsals
1: oh my god or like yeah like what are like what kind of formations they are flying in like it's very
0: like yeah Like, Nick coming in on the first day of of rehearsal, like, I've got a really great, you know, whatever you call it. Uh, Program?
1: I mean, not program. Uh, Routine?
0: Yes, routine is good. That's still not the word I'm looking for. Choreography. (laughs) For uh, For this year's Halloween feast, everyone, like, just wait till you see it. I don't know, it's... I'm here for it. I like it a lot.
1: I mean, it seems like it'd be very boring if you were an adult and you were, your ghost was at Hogwarts. So, I mean, this is probably like the highlight of next year. I just want to point out that while food prep in the witching world is oftentimes very confusing for me to, for me to figure out. I love that Lupin just like tapped the tea kettle and it was instantaneously hot. And Mm -hmm. I want that
0: yeah no that is a good spell it's a very useful spell Mm -hmm. probably not one that he learned at hogwarts he probably had to learn that elsewhere yeah all right my last one is that i don't think that anyone but peeves could have given us the exquisite ending to this chapter that we get
1: yes and i was i was actually thinking about it because it's like you don't often get important exposition from Peeves, but like when you do, it's like pretty incredible.
0: Yeah. His sense of timing, his sense of drama, it's it's impeccable. Like he he nails this. Yeah. Oh. He,
1: it's really good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I mean synchronized ghosting aside like performance of the year for the ghosts of hogwarts goes to peeves in this scene
1: yeah no it is it's it's just like so brilliant to have him give you that information
0: yeah uh welcome to the politics section where we talk about things that are fucked up so we have a little witch nsa watch (laughs) So we get to the to the portrait and everyone stopped and then Percy says someone get Dumbledore. No one leaves and then moments later Dumbledore arrives. So how did that how does that all work out?
1: That is very true. Do you think one of the portraits in his office told him? Because if the fat lady is running from whatever tower on the fucking second floor or third floor to like the fourth floor corridor, or however many portraits away. And I mean, again, like this, the logistics of how the portraits, how she could even move between portraits is very curious to me. But like, I mean, it probably wasn't like she took three portraits. I mean, I guess I don't know.
0: I do think a portrait told him, and I think that the portraits are part of the NSA of Hogwarts.
1: Oh, yeah, no, totally. Which is like interesting where he's even asking to be like, someone find her, when it's like, there, I mean, there, it seems like there are mostly people in a majority of the paintings at Hogwarts. Like, it wouldn't have been that hard.
0: That's true. They need a, um,. You know, like a Disney movie, like dog, dog alert, right? Like in Lady (laughs) and the Tramp and 101 Dalmatians, where it's like the dogs just pass the message throughout the city. Each portrait just needs to go to the one next to them and be like, find the fat lady. And then, then they can report back.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh,
0: Which leads us beautifully into our filch human rights violation watch.
1: Pew, pew, pew. (laughs) (laughs)
0: because oh my god this makes me need to like lay down on the floor dumbledore sends the only muggle in the castle to search every portrait by himself when there's a fucking murderer in the school Oh, yeah, that is really trash. What the fuck? The only person who cannot defend himself. Yeah, that's fucked up. Right? It makes me so angry.
1: I, I, like, don't even have words that's fucked up.
0: Yeah, I'm, my, my jaw is agape. I, (laughs) I just am not, I'm not having it. Uh, Filch needs an attorney and to sue Hogwarts. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh
1: yeah because i'm sure what i'm sure whatever he's getting paid is not nearly enough to deal with all of the fuck shit that he has to deal with
0: i mean you th- there is no amount that one can be paid that i mean if there was like an osha for the witching <laughs> world sending <laughs> muggles to face wizard murderers is again it's an osha violation <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's fair. Right, what is he going to do? Hit him with a broom, like... Right. I mean, even, like, Hagrid gets a crossbow. Right. Filch doesn't have jack shit.
0: Yeah, and also, like, a lot of spells don't work on Hagrid. That's true. Because she's a giant. So, yeah, no, it's... It's... It's just crap. Anyway. Welcome to the education section where we talk about this goddamn school let's just start off with our trelawney prediction watch for the first one has come <laughs> to pass it is the 16th of october lavender brown's bunny is dead
1: and her is just we'll talk about
0: an editorial but like oh her yeah <laughs> uh so just from the standpoint of the predictions, Jesse, does this rise to the occasion of Trelawney having been correct? I think so. You do. I do. Cause it's like, if it was
1: like you read your horoscope that week and it's like, Oh, like a great sadness. Is it going to happen? Or like the thing that you've been dreading is going to happen. And you're like, all right, that's vague. And then like, something ate your pet that's like definitely i'd be like oh fuck you know
0: yeah i i think i'm i'm on your team here and not on hermione's team i think that as a pet owner i think on some level i am always dreading something terrible happening to my fur children even if it's not an active dread right right yeah no totally And especially with a rabbit, which is already,
1: like, a skittish prey animal. Yeah. That lives outside. Yeah. Like, that's definitely a concern that she would have.
0: Yeah. All right. So, one for Trelawney.
1: Uh, I want to pivot to Hermione. Okay. And I think her stance on the guy's copying is correct. But also... Where is the discussion about academic honesty here at Hogwarts? Like, is Sinestra, does she even care? Is she, is she just, like, checking the shit off? Like, all right, it's done. Looks great.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Uh, good question. I also feel like they're, like, essentially in middle school right now. I don't know. I'm sort of, like, meh on the copying issue. Harry's got too much going on to do his homework.
1: I mean, th- this is true. This is true. Yeah. What's your next point?
0: Uh, Snape. He, so here's my here. Okay. So it's like Snape doesn't find the whole thing with Neville's Bogart amusing. And I would like to say that he should not find it amusing, but he should find it deeply shameful And it should cause him to turn in his letter of resignation and find (laughs) some fucking therapy because that is humiliating. Like if you're a teacher and you find out that you are your students worst fear, you should feel all kinds of not good feelings, but not in the way that Snape is dealing with the situation
1: see, I don't know if Dumbledore would let him resign even if he He wanted to. He wouldn't. He would not. Right, like, bullying Neville Neville Moore is the fucking worst and he should not be doing that. What the fuck? And he, again, should not be a teacher because he hates it and he does not know how to respond to children in a way that is appropriate. But, like, Dumbledore doesn't fucking care because he needs Snape around. And Snape is like still chomping at the bit for the defense against the dark arts position. Which, again, why, when you are very good at potions, but... Great question. It is very... Because, like, he's clearly, like, a potion genius from what we get in book six. Right. And it's like, what the fuck, bro?
0: Yeah, great, great question. Uh, So are you... Are you suggesting that Snape may have felt... Like, oh my god, this is terrible, and gone and tried to resign, and Dumbledore was like, no? At some point, probably. But he doesn't feel bad for the fact that he's Neville's worst nightmare.
1: Oh, no, he doesn't feel bad for that. Okay. But, like, I just don't know of anyone who is this mean to children. He doesn't enjoy teaching. He enjoys lording over children, which is fucked up and deeply problematic. But it's like, you should not be a teacher. You clearly get no joy from this, except for bullying
0: 11 year olds. but I think which... I think that is a, a particular brand of real teachers who are teachers because they have like a God complex and not teachers because they like students.
1: This is true. This is very true.
0: And luckily, I guess IRL, those teachers mostly become college, so they're at least not fucking up like small children.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like you don't have to get a whole like teacher's license if you teach in college if you have like an advanced degree. That's true. The barrier to And it's like also <laughs> <laughs> like Hogwarts, like what are even the credentials of being a professor? There seem to be none. <laughs> yeah. It's true. <laughs> anyway, yeah.
0: Yeah, Snape's out of control. Fuck him. He's
1: he's out of control. You should have done left this job. It's yeah. not worth it. Yeah. Speaking of people who hate their jobs, Mm -hmm. what kind of authority does Filch have? Because he catches Harry sort of like aimlessly going somewhere on what I assume is a weekend and tells him to go back to his common room, which of course Harry doesn't actually do. But it's like, why even listen to him at all?
0: I don't think, it doesn't seem like there's any oversight. Like Filch can just give Harry detention willy-nilly. That's true. But why great question although that's kind of how it is in real schools i that is true was given detention for some fucked up things when i was in middle school yeah that is true it is some bullshit i definitely got a detention once because my spanish teacher saw that i had a book on wicca on my person <sighs> Like, I wasn't reading it when I was supposed to be doing Spanish. I just, like, had it. And she gave me detention.
1: Wow, that's trash. Yeah.
0: I dropped that class. Which, who knew you could drop classes in middle school? That's pretty cool. But I was like, um, no. (laughs) That's not...
1: (laughs) Also, someone who probably
0: shouldn't be a teacher. Definitely. At least not in public school. Like, for real. If you feel that way, go teach at a Christian school. They exist.
1: Yeah. What was I about to say? Filch. Oh, just Felch. <laughs> and Harry being like, all right, whatever, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but it just seemed like, dude, it just like Felch, just chill out. Like, he's even covered in mud this time. He's just, like, wandering around.
0: Yeah. Yeah, another person who, um it's a mystery why he has the job that he has. Like, it doesn't bring him any joy.
1: Dumbledore is very bad at hiring people. Yes. Can we just say that? Yes. Uh, it is definitely a skill. I've participated in a lot of interviews at various jobs. And Dumbledore is especially terrible.
0: Yeah, Filch was definitely like a pity hire. Yeah. Which, choices.
1: Yeah, it's like Filch, just go live in the muggle world it is not as terrible as this. Yeah,
0: it's so much less
1: terrible. <laughs> I mean, I guess in some ways, but whatever. Filch, you're a white dude, it'll be fine.
0: Yeah, I mean, no one's gonna send you to like c- catch an armed murderer without the fucking Kevlar vest in the muggle world, right? So.
1: Oh man, Filch teller would be a dude who, who'd like try to become a cop, but like maybe he wouldn't succeed. and, and he is would now, not like pass private, the
0: psych evaluation, <laughs>
1: but then he'd go into private security and be like, like, that asshole at the mall.
0: Yeah, he was like,
1: "All right, dude, you're a mall cop, like, whatever, bro. You're on a segue. Oh Oh, I'm crying. Sorry, are you crying because you're imagining Filch? holding Miss Norris on a subway, because <laughs> that's exactly
0: what I did. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <whew>. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Oh.
1: Alright, should we get into the lovely bit with
0: Harry and Lupin? Uh, Before we get into that, I have a question question for you Yeah well, first I have a statement which is just okay. that Lupin is such a good teacher I know such a good teacher and then my question is why does he have this knowledge base this dark creature knowledge base
1: interesting hmm well I have a theory let me hear your let me hear your theory
0: okay i think that it's like essentially like a morbid fascination that he has with like other dark creatures because he more or less considers himself to be one of them
1: i think you're completely right because that was probably what i was gonna say um and i mean the wizarding world does qualify him as a dark creature which is fucked up Mm -hmm. so yeah that makes
0: total sense to me so do you think he's like he's self-taught
1: Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah.
0: Where they could have had, I guess, uh No, they couldn't have had a good defense teacher when he was in school because it was the same.
1: Which, I mean, I think goes back to my, something I brought up in the, for the last chapter in which I think that like some of the odd jobs he's probably picked up is just like basically dark creature extermination. Not oh. like, not extermination, but like, I got this bug art. Can you take... Yeah. Can you take care of it? I got these Grindy Lows in my fucking pond. Can you take care of it? Like, that seems like a kind of job that he could do as someone who's knowledgeable about the dark arts, but also, unfortunately, in the witching world, not totally employable in the regular ways that people are employable in this world.
0: Yeah, Jesse. I'm imagining Lupin showing up with, like, his Grindy Traps or whatever in his suitcase that says Professor RJ Lupin. On. No, no, <laughs> no. I know. No, no. Oh, it's so tragic.
1: It's so sad.
0: Crying for a whole new reason. Uh,
1: but he's very good at this. Yeah, it seems like.
0: But yeah,
1: very sad. Maybe maybe he's been doing some like uh. Tutoring, not of pure bloods, obviously, but like, I don't know. He seemed like he'd be very good at that also until people found out he was a werewolf. But it must not be totally common knowledge yet.
0: Right, right. But yeah, so his tea with, with Harry.
1: So cute and good.
0: Yeah, I wrote Lupin is so good and pure and such... A Pisces. <laughs> this is the most Pisces <laughs> interaction that has ever happened.
1: Uh, I feel like I want you to talk more about that.
0: <laughs> he, uh, So Pisces, you know, very intuitive, very psychic, very empathic, really in their feelings, but also in other people's feelings, whether you want them there or not. And and that's just that Lupin is just like reading everything about Harry, like deftly maneuvering the conversation to like bring out what Harry needs to talk about and show up for him. And like also deftly rerouting the conversation to like not go into the personal things about his own self that he doesn't want to be talking about. Uh it's just like it's very Piscean
1: (laughs) Uh, well I'm very excited for all the Pisces out there that have Remus Lupin on their team I don't remember I don't remember who's a Sagittarius in these books Hagrid oh right we I do have Hagrid yes good person to have on my team
0: yes I have well you we both we share uh a serious rising. I have a, a lupin sun and a serious moon and rising. <laughs> you have a Hagrid sun and a ooh, you have a Snape moon and a, <laughs> a serious rising.
1: I have a Snape moon and also I think a Voldemort
0: moon. Is Voldemort <laughs> also a Capricorn?
1: He I believe was born on New Year's Day, if I remember correctly. Oh right. So he is also a Capricorn.
0: Yeah, I know that makes sense. i have stated that i think that all capricorns are slytherins so (laughs) if you're a capricorn who's not a slytherin please write in and explain yourself i don't mean it in a bad way
1: maybe maybe this is another reason why i'm a snape apologist is my uh
0: jesse (sighs) i will tolerate zero excuse making for your snape apologistness
1: actually maybe i should actually change that because i do also agree about all the ways that he is shitty and fucked up
0: I don't know. Are you a reformed Snape apologist? I, I would... That would make so many people so happy. I don't know. I
1: still really like him as a character, which I feel like isn't going to change, which people are like, but why? So You
0: can like him as a character, but still think that he's revolting as a person.
1: Oh, yeah. No, he's like a dumpster fire of a person.
0: So you're, you're anti-always at this point.
1: I mean, I don't... Well,
0: well, <laughs> oh my god. Why do you wanna hurt me?
1: I just have like a lot of complex feelings about it that I feel like we will get into in later books. Yeah, we will. That like so Alright, anyway.
0: let's move on.
1: I mean I wouldn't fucking use it on my wedding cake because that's ridiculous. Ew, what? Is that a thing? Uh
0: yeah. No. <laughs> Uh, does that person also have uh i'll be watching you as their first dance song people do love that shit which i'm like
1: is it the police song yeah yeah people people love using that song like it's about stalking it's not romantic anyway also
0: sting married the person that that song is about so wait really yeah
1: what the fuck yeah
0: totally and this children is why it's very sad that you're growing up without vh1 because if you still had access to behind the music you would know all kinds of things that you would never know otherwise
1: <laughs>
0: yes anyway now i'm thinking about how snape and sting are the same person <laughs> Where? How minus, did we get my, here?
1: <laughs> minus the like tantric sex part but There is a police song that I loved as a moody high schooler, called "Wait for It," King of Pain. Oh my god! (laughs) Yup, there's actually a very excellent Alanis Morissette cover of this song. Um, (laughs) It is very angsty teen, which is why I loved it. And it is definitely a song about Snape. I feel like, who is also very angsty. It is. It's real angsty. I still like the police, but I still feel a little bit awkward being like, oh, I love this song. I used to love this song so much.
0: Great. Um, anyway, we we're talking about Lupin. <laughs> Did you have particular points about his interaction with Harry that you wanted to talk about?
1: Yes. First off, sweet, naive Harry. Not thinking that people would assume that his boggart would be Voldemort.
0: He's just like, what? And I'm like, bro, really? Yeah. Do you think that his surprise was that he didn't think that other people would assume his boggart would be Voldemort or that his surprise was that he had gotten so caught up in his feelings of Lupin, not thinking him capable that when Lupin had a very reasonable reason for doing so, Harry was just really caught off guard.
1: I think he was, I think both, but I think most of it is that him, that not even occurring to him because he was in his feelings about not being chosen and and him automatically thinking that Lupin thought that he wouldn't be able to handle it.
0: Yeah. What else?
1: You know, I love, I really love Lupin, everything about, everything that Lupin says in this chapter. I don't know if I agree with him that Harry's biggest fear is fear itself. As much as I think that Harry is afraid of losing control in the way that Dementors make him lose control.
0: Yeah. I think you're right.
1: Um, and I mean, the whole th- whole thing about like his parents being killed is pretty fucked up.
0: Yeah. Though I do think that Lupin saying that makes Harry feel a way, like a, a very, makes Harry feel very like special and validated so that, Even if Lupin doesn't believe that, I think it was a very kind thing to say to Harry.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, this is a very good intuitive feelings conversation. Yeah. Also, I just love how when Stape walks in is like, what the fuck is going on? And is like, Lupin is like, check out my granola. And I'm just like, it's just like, it's so pure. And I just imagine him being like, isn't this cool? Yeah. And Snape being like, what the fuck?
0: Yeah. Uh, The Lupin um, basically trying to, like, make peace with Snape without actually addressing the issue that lays between them, I feel like, again, is something that's, like, very relatable.
1: Yeah. And, like, Snape's, like... Over the, I mean, Snape is always over the top, but he is so over the top in this chapter. He backs out of the room, yeah. so he's just like walking back. I'm just like, what? Dude?
0: Are
1: you fucking kidding me?
0: Oh. Like what? It's so much. so much. It's just like, Uh snape
1: i know uh also speaking of snape i don't think this has to be served in a goblet i think that snape is just too goth to
0: live and was like here is
1: your smoking goblet of potion
0: 20 dollars says that that goblet is Im- embossed has sure. has scenes of uh, Someone going through the stages of transforming into a werewolf, like horrifyingly, around (laughs) the edges.
1: Yes. (laughs) Or at the very least the phases of the moon. Yeah. And Harry just wouldn't pick up on it because he's unobservant, but Hermione totally would have.
0: True. Yep. (sighs) Harry was so busy being like, this man... Hates you. Why are you drinking this? Which, like <laughs> Harry, fair? That's yeah. No, totally because Snape would poison Lupin.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, the bit when Harry's like overcome with the urge to knock the goblet out of his hand. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Those those are good instincts right there. Dude. He's like,
0: I watched this man try to murder my friend's pet. Like, be careful.
1: Yeah. So pure.
0: Yeah.
1: So my one last thing is the Halloween feast where nearly headless Nick recreates his death. And that appeals to me as a morbid weirdo. I don't know if that's appropriate school (laughs) entertainment.
0: (laughs) Oh, Um. like
1: there are some, First year muggle born student who's like looking around and being like, is anyone else in this is fucked up or is just me? What is this live like what?
0: Yeah, that is <laughs> it's deeply fucked up. That is super fucked up. <laughs> Although, I mean, let's think about like even in the muggle world, the things that we surround ourselves with for Halloween are pretty horrifying murderers and you know you go in the halloween store to like get your costume and you walk in and there's like motion activated dudes with chainsaws so
1: yeah fuck that
0: i guess that said i feel like that makes it a little bit more like but do they celebrate halloween in the uk the way that we do i don't i don't think so
1: I was under the impression that the way that the U.S. celebrates Halloween is pretty unique.
0: Ten differences between the U.S. and the U.K. for Halloween. Is it mostly Samhain-based? In Scotland and and the Isle of Man, yes. Uh, Guy Fawkes Day is a bigger deal than Halloween. And that's in November. Apparently, costumes are much more, like, scary-based in the UK than here. They're, like, more old school. There's not a lot of Halloween decorations. Not so much trick-or-treating. So, yes, maybe...
1: I feel like trick-or-treating is a uniquely American thing. There's actually a very excellent drug history about the origins of trick-or-treating.
0: Interesting.
1: It's it's pretty good. Okay, so maybe so maybe, like, the kind of, like, creep factor of this, then, is maybe not totally unfamiliar
0: yeah because i guess i feel like the point of halloween is like leaning into the macabre to like deal with the fact that the veil has thinned and you know we're confronting death and whatever whatever so
1: yeah right whatever things we've we've copted from saw celebrations
0: yeah and but i feel like the death theme is present in a lot of the um equin like fall equinox celebrations.
1: That is true.
0: Not just Salon.
1: Mhm.
0: Anyway, okay. All
1: right, so so maybe so maybe more school appropriate than I would have assumed then.
0: Yeah, I, obviously it depends on how graphic it is. Is there fake blood? That's relevant.
1: <laughs> is there fake blood? You know, I don't think there's fake blood, but Nick is definitely drawing out his screaming and moaning for every, what is it, 52, 49, whatever, how many axe blows it took him.
0: Right. That's true. I
1: don't know. Maybe after a while it just just got really cheesy. You're just kind of like laughing because it's so ridiculous.
0: Yeah. And like, I mean, beheadings were a public affair (laughs) because humans are fucked.
1: Yeah, it's. It's so funny, people are just like, video games make kids violent, and then, like, and it's like, really? Public entertainment used to be murdering people.
0: Right. So, like, I mean... Like, not even that long ago. No! Like, weren't, like, uh, executions when they were still hanging people in, like, the 20s still, like, a thing that the public could attend? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. But... Okay. Okay. Welcome to Advertisements, where we ask you for money and then make you laugh. Calling all lovers of hilarious queer witchy content. Do you wish you could surround yourself in a humorous yet ruthless rainbow goth blankie and block out the rest of the world? If so, the Gaily Prophet Patreon is the place for you. Check it out at patreon.com slash thegailyprophet. Other ways you can support us are by telling all your friends about us, leaving us iTunes reviews, buying our merch at thegailyprofit.com, or by making a one-time donation on our website. Aw, yeah. Yeah. Next, we have this advertisement. Something on your mind? Is there an issue you'd like to get off your chest? Just feeling kind of down? Consider having tea with a Pisces. At Tea with a Pisces, we intuit your problems and state your feelings for you. No more need to fuss with sorting out all those tangled emotions. Just let a Pisces gently pull those strands apart and hand them back to you nestled in a little velvet bag, providing you with a sense of calm that will only later come with a side of confusion about why you told a stranger so much about yourself. (laughs) So next time you're feeling down, remember, Tea with a Pisces can help. Incredible. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, uh Lupin would make such an excellent therapist. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, my dude, stop getting rid of Bogarts and just become a counselor.
0: Welcome to Editorials where we rant about stuff. Go ahead, Jesse.
1: I'm going to start this off with semantics.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: Uh, so we have, we learn about animals, creatures and care medical creatures, but also we're getting a lot of creatures and defense against the dark arts. So like, I don't really understand this separation unless it's like, really just comes down to like the individual teaching styles. Like, and I mean, I guess part of it is that like, obviously Hagrid has a bias for the things that she wants to teach. And it's good that Lupin is teaching about, like, Red Caps and, like, Grindelos and stuff. But it just seems like... This does seem like a thing that they should be learning and care of magical creatures.
0: But you don't cultivate or, like... You know, like care of magical creatures is, like, how to care for magical creatures. So even the ones that you're not, like, necessarily raising or breeding, like... Uh, bow truckles for example there's still something that it's like you're going to come across these if you're like you know if you go into like wand making or whatever and so it's good for you to know how to like interact with them in a way that's safe and whatever but you're not like learning how to like banish them yeah so I feel like when you're learning about them in defense against the dark arts you're not learning to care for them you're learning to like get away from them and that feels like a relevant difference.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. That is true. Sir, I'm just thinking about someone having a haunted house that's just filled with boggarts, and I'm just like, <laughs> anyway. Uh, so I have connected to this point is Lupin calls the Grindelow a wa- a water demon, which is an interesting. So like, so he uses demon, even though like demon is like has like religious connotations. Mm. So I'm just like, int- like, is that like, is that like a subset of like magical creature of like a dangerous animal? Or is it like me just overthinking the use of him
0: using the word demon <laughs> in a situation? That is a really good question because like, are they even demons, you know, or are they just like something that's just trying to like fucking live in a lake and is like, get out of my house. <laughs>
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't, I mean, I don't want to say it's an animal, I guess, but like it is.
0: Isn't it? The Murph people have pet Grindylos.
1: You're right. So that is, they are animals. So it's just like interesting that he would say, call them demons when, yeah, they're clearly just like.
0: Which also makes me feel like Hagrid should be a apologist. (laughs) They don't mean nothing by it.
1: It seems like Hagrid isn't super interested in in water creatures. She seems to like mammals and reptiles.
0: True. Hmm. Interesting. Is Is a hippogriff a mammal or a reptile? I don't know. Do you think
1: hippogriffs lay eggs?
0: I mean, its reproductive organs are presumably in the horse half. As would be its like mammary glands,
1: yeah, but it has a beak. I don't think anything with, I don't know, and I mean, unless maybe they're like platypus, platypi, platypuses, I don't know, plural platypi. They don't like they have, they don't have like nipples or memory, they kind of like you know, the baby platypus, platypi, just sort of like lick the milk when it, like, I don't want to say oozes out of their skin. Anyway, platy- platypi are, have very interesting and unusual reproductive organs and, like, reproductive things in general.
0: Yeah. So. I mean, so do, my, I mean, marsupials in general do, right? Like, yeah. Possums have, like, three vaginas.
1: Yeah. Which
0: is so wild.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, if, if anyone wants to look up a photo of what, a, like, Female kangaroo reproductive organs look like it's it's just like what even is going on <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe? <laughs> maybe 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 hippogriffs are marsupials, I don't know but birds neither neither reptiles nor mammals are well neither reptiles, God damn it, nor horses, <laughs> neither eagles nor horses are marsupials, so I feel like they. Can- shouldn't be although i feel like you're right that marsupial is the compromise between a bird and a horse i just feel like a hippogriff egg seems so cute true (laughs) but i guess but if it lays eggs does that mean that it has a cloaca oh
1: maybe oh my god are there hippogriff nests i'm into it but i feel
0: like that would seem really awkward with the horse half of them yeah yeah feel like we ended up in health and science somehow but these are all really good questions i also just want to say for anybody who wants to write in and be like lark why did you say reptiles and eagle is a bird i am on the side of the biologists who say that birds are reptiles fight me
1: i mean yeah like hippogriffs are basically dinosaurs right like come on
0: i mean birds are dinosaurs so at least the front half of a hippogriff is basically a dinosaur (laughs)
1: Oh, T-Rex in the front, horse in the back. Oh,
0: my God. (laughs) Everything about this. So magical. (laughs) Okay.
1: Yeah, I don't know how we got on this. Hippogriffs are very interesting. I think if we knew what kind of environment they lived in, I could better assess. Because, like, do they have nests?
0: they have like live on the ground like this is all very curious to me it's so curious how big of a difference is there between like a nest and like a horse stall in a barn they're both like full of straw hay god damn it hay is for horses hay
1: hay hay is hay is for horses but i feel like i guess i don't i mean i feel like horses don't really lay down very often you know, true. And I guess I don't know how wild horses live. I mean, horses just stand a lot.
0: True. Anyway, <laughs> this has been a fascinating <laughs> investigation.
1: See, this is the kind of stuff we can do a live show about. Like, what the fuck is a hippogriff?
0: Well, true. What?
1: What are any of these animals?
0: How do they live? Well, yeah, we could call it care of magical creatures. It'd be so cute.
1: Oh, I got it to be so cute. <laughs>
0: Um I don't remember what your original point was. <laughs> oh, I was thinking
1: about demons. What what does a demon oh, what mean in this demon? in the in the witching world?
0: Yeah, that's a really, really good question. One person's demon is a merperson's dog.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, there are little kids who are like
0: Crandiles are the pit bulls of lakes. <laughs> 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 Uh, They're just misunderstood. Adorable.
1: They are. They just want to hang out and with their mer people and eat whatever they eat.
0: Yeah, and snuggle
1: mm-hmm. endlessly.
0: Mm. And lick their feet while their people record podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> okay, uh, are we good <laughs> on that? Yes. Yes, <laughs> very good. <laughs> um. Great, so my first editorial is about Ron and Hermione fighting. okay, I'm here for it. This is our first our first go with this yeah yes, not by far not the last. I think the reason that I have this in editorials is that I am I'm on Ron's side and that feels like a big deal. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Listen, Ron has made some I feel like very good points in this chapter.
0: Yeah. I I feel so sad for him when he's like pulling scabbers out from under the bureau or whatever and is like the cat has it in for him and he's ill and he's clearly just so shaken and it feels very sad. To me,
1: I mean, like, Ron's had Scabbers for a really long time. Like, that is. It's his bud. Like, he. If Scabbers is in his bag, he takes Scabbers to class with him.
0: Yeah, totally. Which is very sweet and tender of him. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I gave Ron a touche when he says that Hermione doesn't think other people's pets matter. I'm on Team Ron feels weird i feel like
1: well one thing ron is also really on point about what a weird-ass cat Kirkshanks is i mean all cats are weirdos but Kirkshanks literally was like oh cool that's where the not rat is i'm gonna eat that thanks and i guess it's like hard for me to tell but like I think it's good that Crookshanks didn't succeed at hmm. eating scabbers. Because, I mean, the Dementors would have murdered Sirius.
0: Hmm. But wouldn't if, if... So Crookshanks and Sirius are friends, right? Or they become friends. And so Crookshanks would have... And it seems like in dog form, Sirius can talk to Crookshanks. And so Sir- or Crookshanks would have told Sirius that he had killed Scabbers. And then Sirius just would have left, presumably.
1: Actually, I guess this is the interesting point. If Crookshanks would have killed Scabbers, would he just have
0: reverted to
1: his human form?
0: To save himself?
1: No, like in death. Like if Crookshanks would have killed rat scabbers
0: would he Mm -mm. still be i don't think so because moody uh fake moody like transfigures his dad's body into a bone and buries him right and like
1: but that's after his his he's dead though i mean i guess i'm just wondering like how much of your consciousness you need in order to maintain well, I don't know. I guess he sleeps as a rat, and he doesn't convert back to human when he's asleep. It's just, I'm just very interested how in this, how this magic works. Because, like, Crookstains obviously knows that, like, that's not a real rat. Right. And something, and something is very wrong with that rat. And he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat that. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm just curious if, like, the transfiguration part of an animagi, like, reverts if you're dead
0: that's a really good question i do i will say i think that peter would turn back into a human before being eaten as a rat though that's true you know like i don't think he'd just be like well cat ate me
1: that's true that would have forced his hand and then it'd be like oh shit who is this random dude
0: yeah huh that would that would have been an interesting plot twist
1: C- Kirkshake saves the day. Yeah. I mean, I kind of... I mean, as a cat person, I'm like, that would have been cool. It would have been cool. <laughs> and then Peter Prudigo would have actually been caught and not what happens at the end of this book. Yep. Uh, Kirkshank, he's he tried. He's trying very he, hard. So hard. <laughs> like, he destroys Ron's backpack or whatever the fuck he's carrying with his books in it.
0: Yeah, which uh, is one of my... Points in this conversation, which is just like that scene, is so vividly written and right such a cartoon.
1: It's so good, just him swinging his bag with this angry cat attached to.
0: It. Yes,
1: it's just it's so it's so clear in my mind because it's like, yeah, that is a thing a angry ass cat would do because they're yeah. jerks. <laughs> yeah and
0: like the rat like flying out, and like yeah the 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 chaos of that scene it just translates like so well from from page to imagination, yeah, I would like to know why more kids wouldn't have Voldemort as their worst fear mm.
1: i I wonder if because. I mean, minus Harry, all the kids in this scene, they were like one years old when he, when Voldemort was gone. Um, So maybe it's a bit more abstract to them Mm -hmm. than maybe some of the older
0: kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, you're right. That makes sense.
1: Because I feel like it probably would not be a good idea to do this Boggart thing with like sixth and seventh years. Right. I mean, outside of maybe Voldemort appearing, but, like, I don't know. I feel like at this already seemed like a gamble for 13-year-olds. I feel like mm. with, like, 17-year-olds, it's like, and I don't want to say that, like, younger kids can't have complex fears, but, like, it just seemed like a thing that wouldn't go over well for, like, 17-year-olds, I guess.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you. I want to talk about the post office in Hogsmeade okay
1: so like so color coordinated owls for like getting your mail there faster i feel like i just don't quite understand when it seems like i mean what is the difference between between like that and like i mean i guess for people who like don't own their own owls that makes sense but like this is the difference between like the owl like not sleeping or eating to get your letter there to it, like, taking its sweet time to, like, get some rabbits and, like, take a nap. and like, I'm just, it's, I'm your just letter so... letter shows
0: up with just, like, rabbit blood all <laughs> over <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: um, I'm just very curious about this. It is very curious. Uh,
0: yeah, no, you're, mm-hmm, because... We that's never what we see. Like Errol is old. He's the only owl that we ever see do things slowly. Right. So is this just sort of like a scam? I don't
1: I guess it, I guess it depends on like how expensive owls are. Like maybe owl, maybe owning an owl is like a really prohibitive cost.
0: Hmm. But then still shouldn't there only be like one one speed. That's what I meant. Yeah. Are they, they're like, it's like charging $45 for overnight shipping versus like $8 for 12 day shipping, you know, which actually makes sense if you're like the real post office, because it's like a plane versus a truck or whatever. Right. But, but are they just like well you have to pay 45 dollars if you want it there tomorrow even though any of these owls could get it there tomorrow but like we're gonna take our sweet time sorting your mail (laughs) for these other ones for less money i
1: mean maybe i mean maybe this post office is just a scam honestly yeah you're uh the 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 you know the the slow owl is the ones like Errol where they should be retired but it's like it's like you know a galleon to send something Maybe it shows up. I don't know. It's.
0: Mm -hmm. That's a good question. Um, Okay. So my next slash last editorial is just that we have once again, a bajillion live bats (laughs) in the fucking great hall. This is a health code violation. (laughs) Someone needs to do something about this. This problem
1: so so much guano okay for the last book did we talk about if if a transfigured bat would poop did
0: Uh, we talk about this i think that we maybe not about the bats but we have questioned whether transfigured animals poop definitely (laughs) uh and i think we decided that they're they're real right i think so okay so what if there's like basically like a protective uh invisible protective barrier between (laughs) the bats and the tables that just like slowly fills with bat shit (laughs) over the course of the day and then like whoever whatever adult is walking by just vanishes it
1: i mean i hope they don't vanish it that's some prime fertilizer out there like hopefully it goes into the mega hogwarts i mean not the compost obviously but like Listen, they're yeah. clearly they're clearly growing some of this food on site and they're probably going to need all that.
0: Um, do you have any more editorials?
1: Uh, my last one is just like I'm very curious what the wolf's bane potion entails, that it's very complex and seems like and maybe Lupin was just humoring Harry about its its difficultness. But I'm just like very and especially because it doesn't seem like it's a very common potion that werewolves are getting. So I'm just, like, intensely curious about... Is it just, like, it takes a long time? Do you to, like, be very precise? Is it full of, like, expensive ingredients? Just, like, why aren't they, like, mass-producing this shit and giving it to every werewolf,
0: you know? Well, one, Snape clearly states that it needs to be taken fresh. That's true. Two, I believe that it's immensely complicated. Totally. Because, yeah, otherwise it, like, there wouldn't be such... Or at least they would be, like, breaking down the stigma about werewolf- werewolfism. Yeah. Like, it's a totally controllable condition, you know? Yeah, so it must be inaccessible to the majority of people. See, this is what Snape should do, is start, like, a magical pharmacy where you can go get all your immensely complicated potions, but also you should just be able to go to St. Mungo's for the wolf nights, and they give you spain and you stay in the werewolf ward and, like, sleep as right. a wolf. Exactly. Mm.
1: The uh Witching World needs some healthcare reform is what I'm is what I'm hearing from you.
0: Yeah, they really do. <laughs> <sighs> Welcome to the sports section where we reluctantly talk about Quidditch. Quidditch is back. Woo <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Um so Harry, you know, narrating to us how Quidditch works, we get our actually the shortest how Quidditch works paragraph yet, thank God. Uh but let's note that Harry says that the seeker has the hardest job of all. To which I say, get over yourself.
1: Yeah, you have like the easiest job actually. Right? Like everything everyone else's do is such is so
0: much more physically intense. what harry's doing right he doesn't need to be able to like aim or maneuver (laughs) like uh yeah i just it's like maybe the most important job because it's the only way that the match can end in this hellscape of a game but just the self importance of him calling it the hardest job just made me roll my eyes real hard
1: right it's like the keepers are doing the part where you requires like actual skill and practice and like fred and george must have like fucking ripped arms if they're like swinging this bat at like bludgers for the game you know totally. and harry's just like i got to got to look i got to look for the snitch it's like cool harry yeah <laughs> good job
0: It's really small. (laughs) Do you know how hard it is to see something that small, you guys? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. Um, What's next in sports?
1: That was literally all I
0: had for sports. That the seeker has the hardest job?
1: No, that is just back.
0: That's all. Um. Okay, so here's my other sports point. Is you know, how, uh sports people are like really superstitious. Yeah. So Wood is talking and he says that he's about to graduate. This is his last chance to win the cup and that Gryffindor hasn't won for 7 years, which is how long Wood has been at school. Yes. And by every measure of sports superstition wood needs to quit the quidditch team because he is obviously (laughs) cursed
1: wait no but he wouldn't have even been quidditch captain or even on the quidditch team until his second year
0: yeah but the curse started when he showed up and now he's Mm. captain like he he did this (laughs) if a fan wearing a pair of socks when a team wins means that they can't wash those socks but have to wear them every time their team plays for the rest of the season. absolutely what is the reason that they haven't <laughs> won for the last seven years
1: uh, actually, someone should bring that up because you could literally be cursed like that like in like in this book like that that's true, yeah, people say that. Defense against the Art Dark Arts position is cursed because it literally is cursed. Right. Well, at least they they do win it this year, right? I don't remember. Do they get to play again after the Dementors? Because Harry's broom is destroyed.
0: No, and they it- totally they totally win. Okay. I think I feel like I remember Wood like crying and hugging Harry.
1: I guess he must have gotten his firebolt back eventually.
0: Yeah, he does. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, I think that's the, the end, right?
1: <laughs> this has been sports. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Thank you for listening to The Gaily Prophet. Please follow us on social media at The Gaily Prophet on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and find us on our website, thegailyprophet.com.
1: Please. If you have not already, write and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to this podcast at. It really makes our day. You can also find our merch on our website, which you should definitely look into.
0: If you want to find me on the internet, you can do so at my website, larkmalachi.com, where you can do things like book a tarot reading with me. You can also find me on Instagram at larkmalachi or at radicalhealer. You can find me on the internet
1: on twitter at jesse underscore detroit if you want to know more about my political views (laughs) (laughs) and the things that i'm interested in outside of harry potter um if you want to see photos of me and my various animal friends uh you can find me on instagram at live from detroit
0: our show art and comics are by theo julian forrester our spoiler warning was recorded by sarah sarwar our the music in our spoiler warning and our theme song are by kevin mcleod that information is in our show notes and until next time
1: oh actually sorry i'm not prepared for this part i don't have any n words